0: Every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the House. Your weekend wake-up tradition. Inspired by, inch, row by row. gonna make this
1: start
2: grow. <laughs> Come on around back, Arizona. 8 o'clock hour, it's Rosie on the House, third Saturday of the month. We are... In the garden, in the nursery with Jay Harper, we have, uh, if you're following along on our home maintenance calendar, we're talking warm season vegetables today. And if you'd like to join the conversation, talk about your landscape or gardening, it's one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you. You can send text questions to four one one nine two three 923 or uh, shoot an email to info at com if you need to snap a picture for a little help on plant or insect identification. And I can't think of a better activity to relieve stress and return to your roots and stick in your hands in a rich, earthy soil and just plant something. You got it. Just
3: plant something. There you go. You know that, uh, Gary, that inch by inch, row by row, John, Don Denver. Yeah. When I. When uh, do you remember Lee Kirk, Rosie, at, at, at K- way back KTAR? Um, Lee, Lee, Lee did the weekend program and he s- started the swap shop and got guys. I remember at, Ed, 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 Ed Phillips uh, and swap shop. <laughs> and, and Lee Kirk uh, got me to do a garden, the garden talk show. And that was my intro music. He found oh, that. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was a great song to start the that segment was, with. That was my intro music for years on uh That's middle 80s. back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Middle 80s. Yep. 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 So anyway, to digress. Well,
2: well I never um, wanted to say it, but since you guys brought it up, you started in 1982, if I remember correctly. Your, your first garden broadcast was 1982.
3: I believe that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. the year I was born. <laughs> and here's your son uh, <laughs> so thank you very much whoever uh, you're
2: trying to talk about on ktar at that time no i knew I you
3: didn't know i knew you didn't know i was talking to your dad <laughs> oh my word yeah royal norman who's a oh yeah weather sure, anchor yeah. guy was the was a the engineer, you know, the engineer, engineer you yeah, know, broadcast engineer. And uh, he and started a, here as an intern. Yeah. He, he may have been even interning at the time. And he would, somebody would call in with a question back then. It was not as high tech as it is now. And so he'd look it up in the Western garden book and put the botanical name of the plant oh, that's on hilarious. the screen. Yeah. He was really into it. So that was fun. But, you know, in times of like we have now, which, you know, it, I don't know that we've had anything like we have now in our time, but, 9-11 and, you know, even going back and, you know, war history and war times and the Depression gardens, gardening were was a great activity. It brought communities together. You know, they did community gardens, which I guess we can't do community gardens now, but we can certainly garden in our own space. And, uh, you know, fresh air and exercise is a great stress reliever, um, as well as, you know, you get some Food that you know who's handled it in this case, so um, I think it's I think it's a great thing to keep doing, get better at it. You know, to use this as an adv- to your advantage to improve some things. If there's some stuff in your landscape, it doesn't have to be vegetable gardening. You know, just around the the house, um, in the lawn, gardener, landscape, in any category, you can. You can certainly take some time to improve it. If you're working from the house, I don't know. I'm I work from my house a lot and I just can't I gotta get up and move around. So I'll I'll work, make phone calls, do computer stuff, and then I'll get out and go pull some weeds. (laughs) And then come back and do that. So you gotta get out. So
2: I got an interesting book. You know, we have a number of different PR agencies that'll send us press release all Mm -hmm. week long. And it's you know, here's a topic for your broadcast, here's a topic for the home improvement here's a topic and you know it's, it's always interesting to see the suggestions that they come up with and very rarely is it anything that um, I print out or bring in but this one was kind of funny if you're looking for a purpose in the garden you know <laughs> here's a book they suggested can't uh, get out to a restaurant or a bar why not grow it in your backyard Here's Jody Helmer's new book, Growing Your Own Cocktails, Mocktails, Tea, and Infusions. There you go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can I borrow that book? <laughs> <laughs> well, one, you know, the one thing that has not been overrun in the grocery stores is the liquor department. <laughs> if, if you'll notice, they're still pretty well stocked. So, <laughs> uh,
2: I, I guess maybe it doesn't really go bad. It doesn't have an expiration date uh, like the meats and the produce. So true. That's maybe true. the stockpile is different. I guess. Yeah, don't need to, I don't know.
3: No, I, that'd, that'd be an interesting read. I don't know how you can... Uh, well, we'll see. But, uh, you know, certainly I have neighbors that use their citrus trees to infuse things like vodka and gin. They'll, you know, they'll infuse it with grapefruit or oranges or lemons. You can make limoncello that way. So, yeah, there's you can get creative. <laughs> and getting creative, we...
2: Uh, we're looking to do watermelons again this summer. How close are we to uh, starting those seeds? Right now. Right now.
3: Yeah, yep. middle of March, first of April is a good time to start watermelon seeds.
2: And would you start those inside in seed starters or outside straight into the ground? I'd
3: probably go straight in the ground at this point. Like we're, we're warm enough and beyond uh, you know the threat of any kind of a cold event at this point. So, yeah, I'd, I'd just direct seed them.
2: And you – we were planning on putting it out in the orchard and because I had heard somebody – it might have even been – I think you might have mentioned growing pumpkins in in the middle of the rows well, between citrus orchards.
3: So Brian Blake, who does the garden show here on KTAR tomorrow morning, Sunday mornings, uh, Whitfield Nurseries, has a big farming operation in Hyder, Arizona, and it's he has a lemon grove, and he plants his watermelon plants in the – well or at the base mm-hmm. of his lemon trees so the irrigate the drip irrigation the irrigation <clears throat> waters both and then they just cover the ground and 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 grow under there so absolutely if you've got tree wells around the base of your trees that'd be a great place to plant watermelons or cantaloupes any cucumbers any kind of vining uh, vegetable like fruit or vegetable like that would would do fine that way
2: and are there certain watermelon types that, you know, you've got the c oh, there's, and... <laughs> there's a Jillian. There's uh, well, a any Any recommended desert varieties?
3: You know, they all pro- theoretically should do very well here. So, um, you know, the old long striped ones, you know, Klondike or Rattlesnake or – uh, I kind of forget some of the names, but th- those are a couple of them that I can remember that do very well. The, you know, they they all do well. The yellow meated ones, there, you know, there's, you know, the, you could, you know, if you've got a lot of space, try a couple different kinds. But, uh, but watermelons in general do very well here.
2: Well, we definitely do have that, um, and we also wanted to do pumpkins. Is that? Timing, you hold off a little bit on pumpkins still, don't you? Pumpkins
3: are are late summer. So you want to grow those at the kind of tail end of summer going into the fall. So uh, mid to late July would be the time to plant pumpkin seeds.
2: You know, the only other thing that comes to mind in July that actually grows is okra. Okra and pumpkins.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okra, the hotter it is, the better it likes it. That's for sure. Okra, eggplant. Uh, you know, tolerates the, the real extreme heat very well as, as well. So, and
1: yep. you can grow okra in Arizona. I, I oh never gosh, knew that. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It does. Okra gumbo here o- I come.
2: Okra is one of those. You you know, every gardener needs that one thing that they can always count on and be successful with. You may not always do great with your tomatoes. You end up with bottom and rot. You end up with, uh, but 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 okra is one of those almost like bulletproof guarantee you can have success you know, with <laughs> my dad my, with okra <laughs>
3: my my grandpa was you know born in louisiana and you know loved okra and my dad he caught the bug me not so much uh, you know i can <laughs> i can tolerate it but one one summer my folks went away my folk my dad always had a huge garden at home and they'd go on vacation it was our job to take care of the garden and it was late summer so there wasn't really much else doing well except the okra we let it die. <laughs> 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 We'd had enough. <laughs> well, the one like thing. I can't I I can't eat okra another way different. It was kinda like zucchini. people in the Midwest with zucchini. That's why they lock their cars. Your neighbor will come by and fill your car up with zucchini if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> even even fried okra you couldn't. Oh yeah. I, you know, it's all right. <laughs> Okay. You can fry a lot of things that taste good, you know what I mean? That's <laughs> a very good point. Put a point. little cornmeal and fry it with some onion, and, it, you know, what wouldn't be good?
2: I quit growing zucchini just because of that. It, all that we were doing was growing compost, and I got plenty of other of material for composting I didn't need to do.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, well it, that's, it, that's my first advice to people, though, is number one, start small. Don't, don't just go out there and plant a huge garden to begin with. Start small. Manage it. And plant what you like to eat because invariably if you're successful, you're going to have a lot more of it than you think most of the time.
0: And what a great thing to do with the kids home here for the next 30 days. You know, get out there and designate a little area to give it a try and uh, build yourself a little raised planter. And I, When I'm trying to get kids interested in gardening, I always plant radishes. Yep, there you cause go. Because they come Good up one. so fast. Yes. <laughs> you and, don't, and, you and don't you know, have to wait a month to see the little green sprouts.
3: And kids, if they plant it and grow it, it's amazing how well they like vegetables and eat them. As opposed to you try and get kids to eat vegetables otherwise, it can be a nightmare. <laughs> but if they, and another one that they love is, uh, you know, snap peas, oh, sugar man. snap peas. Oh, man. Because, you know, they just pick them right off the vine and, and eat them. So plant those too. And they come up really fast and they can see them really grow. And, and uh, so those are, those are great suggestions.
2: Well I'll we'll get started with your soil and after this quick break we'll talk about prepping your soil to start sticking seeds in the ground and getting your own little vegetable garden going. We're probably gonna hit on lawns a little bit if you've got a winter lawn. We've got a couple months left still. We can keep that looking good. If you
3: didn't plant a lawn, you might have a lawn. <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> the rain. <laughs>
2: the Bermuda in the backyard is, is is trying to come up right now. And you can join the conversation at one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. So obviously, if you look around the desert, our soil is really good at growing creosote, <laughs> saguaros, mesquites, Maybe not always the things we enjoy to eat. So if we're going to plant a vegetable garden, something we're well, going to enjoy, what, where, where do we get started in our soil prep?
3: Well, our soil is, you know, it. it our our environment is can be very productive. Um, in areas where you see creosote, it means you have a probably a very deep, you know. Topsoil structure to begin with. Now, what we don't have is is much organic material and the bioorganisms that are associated with organic material in our soil. Just because we have so little rainfall and and it's no you know history of biodecomposition in our soils from plant and animal life, you know, because it's a you know it's a sparsely populated area with very little rainfall. You can take this old desert soil and Bury some newspaper in it and go back ten years later and still read it. You know, it just doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it won't do. It won't break down. It's too dry. So it was just. Um, so what we need to do is add, in general, organic, good organic material. Um, whether you make your own compost or you go to the nursery and buy compost, peat moss, you know, manures, anything that's that's. Organic in nature and and work that into your soil. Um, make sure it's well composted if you are going to plant right away. If you've got enough time, you can use raw manures or you know green waste that's not completely composted and and till that in. But you, it ought to change the color of your soil. That's what I always tell people. They they come from Iowa and they want they come into the nursery and they want some black dirt like I had at home. I'm like, well, you got to make your own black dirt here so you buy good dark organic material and you work it in and till it in and you know maybe maybe up to a foot deep and you turn that that brown desert soil into good black earth and uh, along with that you should add some gypsum because of our our high alkalinity and that'll help neutralize that to some degree and and maybe some you know organic or uh fertilizer, particularly nitrogen. One of the things that goes along with not having a lot of rainfall is also being very low in nitrogen, and that's what makes plants grow leaves and stems and the green portion of the plant that we see. So some organic fertilizer, some gypsum, uh, and lots of organic material, and till it in good and turn that color of that soil dark, and, and, uh, and you're ready to go. If but, you're
0: starting a garden area from scratch, John Jay, how would you irrigate it? Well, it would depend
3: on how big it is. Let's say it's
0: let's say it's uh, a four by four raised
3: planter. Little four by four raised planter. I I have a uh, one of those metal galvanized horse troughs. Yeah. As a raised planter. Okay. It's not you know it's narrow and long. Same idea though. Yes. And what I did is I ran. Uh, Up through the drain hole, they come with a a way you can empty them if you use it as a horse trough. So you don't want to plug that up. Leave that hole open. And up through the bottom of that, I ran some of that drip tubing that's perforated every 12 inches or so. And I just kind of snake that around the top of the garden when I'm done planting. When I need to plant, I kind of pull it all off to the side and mix all my stuff in there. And then when I'm done planting, I just kind of weave that in and around, and I just use a soak So I use it as a soaker yeah, okay. uh, mechanism for a small garden. It I think that's some type of soaker tubing or drip tubing or something like that. You're the most really efficient.
0: Well. I mean, you're not losing any to spray or evap
3: or Well, and it's hard to control spray in a small area. Now, yeah. if you've got a great yeah. big, really big garden, sometimes spray is the most effective, efficient way to do that. You know, okay. with putting up whether it's lawn, pop-ups or spray heads, or, you know, depending on again, how big it it really is. Plus you can keep the irrigation out of the middle of your garden that way, which makes it easier to get in when you do need to rototill and work the garden. You're not working around pipes and and tubing. Well, you know, you,
0: you know, I'm famous for my $64 tomato, right? Uh, I haven't had my sprinklers on since Thanksgiving. And, I, right. and I've got two tomato buds. I'm going to break that $64 barrier. I'm going to get them <laughs> gonna go under $30. <laughs> I'm going to get them under 60 <laughs>
3: <laughs> Absolutely. But, man, you're going to enjoy them.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: That be that first BLT sandwich will be awful good.
0: But peppers and artichokes and arugula and onions and green onions. Uh, our garden looks better than it – it's the best garden we've ever had.
3: Awesome. That's great, you know, and and I know you've been working at it a while, and that's the one thing about gardens, so whether it's raised beds or in-ground gardens. It's a guy told me one time. It's uh, Rick Kober told me. He said, "It's garden soil's like soup. It just the more you know, oh, man. it just it, every, you keep adding, and every year it gets better and better. Finally, it's kind of like you hit that crescendo, uh, that critical mass with the soil. It's like okay, it's kind of like a bird dog. It finally gets it." yeah you you can't soil is soil is just like boom okay i'm a garden now
0: you you can't believe the crop of good fishing worms i got it is full of worms nice it is need to go and i find myself the first thing i do when i come home now is i go out to the garden i measure that tomato button (laughs) that's the first thing i do is go home and walk out to the garden is it making it is it making it all right come on baby there ain't nothing in the world that I like better than digging and lettuce and homegrown tomatoes. Up in the morning, out in the garden, get you a ripe one, don't get a hard one. Plant them in the spring, need them in the summer, all winter without them's a culinary bummer. I forget all about the sweating and digging, every time I go out and pick me a pig. Homegrown tomatoes, homegrown
1: tomatoes, what
0: like?
2: Uh, we're we're probably too late for starters, but could you still get tomato vines to plant in the ground?
3: What 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 depends is how when is it going to get hot? <laughs> you know, so yes and no. I mean, you you know, especially if you've got a place maybe with a little afternoon shade. If you get an early variety, I wouldn't go buy a like a beefsteak or something like that now, but an early girl or even a celebrity or one of those pretty early ripening ones, um, uh, yeah, I still, I wouldn't hesitate at all. Um, Just know that, you know, it doesn't matter kind of what variety, once the nighttime temperatures start staying warm, you're not going to get much production. You can keep the plants alive by shading them and doing different things, but I have my own opinion about that. Um, But uh, yeah, I guess that's a long answer to a very easy question. Yes, you can you can still plant them. I, I just wouldn't buy a little tiny starter. or Obviously, it's way too late for seed. Buy as big a plant as you can find right now. And then the trick with that is plant them pretty deep. So the stems on a tomato will grow roots. All those little hairs will make a root. So plant a, a deep hole or, or lay them in a trench and then bend the end up and bury a lot of it. And you get this great big root system that way, and that pushes that plant quicker so interesting don't hesitate to buy a big lanky what looks like might be overgrown tomato plant ever just plant them deep or plant them in a trench and bend the end up
2: water use it wisely sent out a neat uh email earlier this week about plants their plant of the month and there are three bird friendly plants for small spaces and all of them have beautiful color you got the chuparosa which is one of my favorite flowering looking plants uh, they had the pink fairy duster, and then they had the uh perries penstemon, penstemon mm-hmm. which looks like uh looks like a weed actually <laughs> like
3: a... well yeah, i guess <laughs> all, I guess picture. they're all weeds somewhere um, but uh, and those are all great for attracting hummingbirds particularly and uh, boy, if you get a chance to have you been for a horseback ride in the desert in the last couple of weeks? Monday. Oh my goodness gracious. The and the and the so the chuparosas are just fabulous along with everything else right now out in the desert.
2: Yeah, it seems like a lot of times it can be hard to find Arizona native plants in in the nursery a lot of times.
3: Well, they don't have great what I call curb appeal. A lot of the native plants in a container sitting in the nursery uh, just don't Look that great. They don't present themselves well. It's hard to grow them to where they look good uh, in a in a cultivated environment, and they just do a lot better in the ground. and And as they're matured, they look a lot better. So, so to some degree, unless you know what it's going to look like at the end, or you're familiar with the plant, it can sometimes make them hard to display and sell. So, that's changing. Uh, and it's changed a lot in the last ten or fifteen years to where there's more and more of them. And I think guys are doing a better job of growing them and making them look more presentable in the containers. So you know plants that that do very well in our desert soils, and then you put them in a you know, nice cultivated soilless mix like you're growing you know other landscape plants in sometimes we've got to learn they need a little different kind of mix, and we got to learn. How to over you know, there was a couple of different plants when we had the nursery that we could, we couldn't keep alive in the nursery. We'd overwater them because <laughs> they didn't need any water, so we'd invariably kill them. So there's some, some things you have to do a little differently.
2: What, and you probably got this all the time. What's that bush <laughs> that flowers right now that's yellow and smells really good? <laughs> <laughs> about, about waist to shoulder high, cassia. Real symmetrical. Probably cassia. Cassia.
3: Mhm. Has a has a sweet fragrance to it. I tell you what, we went on a walk yesterday afternoon and it just the between the sweet acacias and the cassias and the Texas mountain laurels are just kind of at the end, but you could walk in the course of citrus is in full bloom. You could walk by a yard and just tell oh they've got one i could i could without looking tell yep there's one yep there it is it's a sweet acacia over there so yeah if you're uh if your allergies are sensitive you might want to be careful but it's a man it is a sensory uh delight out there right now in the in the landscape
1: orange blossoms are really kicking last night i went out for a walk and it's
3: thick oh gosh yeah
1: and again, I, I have to take a shower because if I go to the store sneezing and coughing <laughs> right well, now. Well, that's true, but here's that's the, not a good idea.
3: Here's a little tidbit, though. It's not the citrus pollen. It's not. Or- we all blamed all of our allergies for years on orange blossoms. They hardly have any. They have a hard time pollinating themselves sometimes. It's all the other stuff. You know, the olive trees that are in full bloom right now are just really bad. Uh, mulberries and ash and You know, of course, the weeds this year—the ragweed and all the weeds that are out there—but enjoy the citrus. They're not the culprit. They're just getting blamed for it because they're very fragrant.
2: And last year was the first time I'd ever had branches break because of how heavy the citrus. Yeah, that's very unusual for
3: citrus. They can usually get very, very, very heavy, and that that citrus wood—that's what they used, they used to make longbows, archery bows out of lemon wood because it was so flexible. So, ah, uh, interesting. It's, uh, it's hard to break a citrus tree,
2: and, and it's hard to get a lemon branch that straight. Citrus is very, <laughs>
3: yeah. You'd have to take it out of the main trunks for sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: Now what about winter lawns? If we've got winter rye in and hit it with another fertilizer, I mean, that's not something that when the warm weather hits it immediately starts dying off. It's got to get you know, close to triple digit
3: or or triple digits. Yeah, it'll do very well up to about triple digits. So I uh, you know, it's March. You could probably feed it one more time. Yeah. You know, um I I certainly wouldn't do it much later than this. Um in fact, if and if you have a lawn you didn't overseed with all the rain and everything, they're already greening up. Oh, I'm I'm I'm
0: mowing once a week. Yeah,
3: and some of them never even really went completely dormant
0: this yeah. winter. And I had Scottsdale Weed Ray Lopez out uh, pre it because I lost the battle with sage last summer. Spurge. So, I'm sorry, spurge. Yeah, I lost the battle, and I said Ray, I don't care if you have to come once a week all winter long, and just Flood my property. I don't want to see one spurge plant. So far, so good. Yeah. Well, the lawn looks great.
3: Good. the the best The best battle against spurge is to have a good, healthy, thick lawn. You know, and then it'll help itself. Good fend it off. But spurge won't be an issue till it gets real hot. So,
0: well, I don't know what he sprayed on it, but boy, the the I, I'm mowing the lawn now. I'm back to once a week already. Yeah. What? Well, and that, that's a that's, Bermuda lawn. And I did not have a not, winter lawn. Did I did not have a winter lawn. I did not plant yeah. a winter lawn. Right.
2: Our ours has looked as good. I haven't fertilized it once all year. And with all the rain yeah. and the, the warm weather coming, I mean it, it's thicker and greener than uh, than it has been all year.
3: Yeah, it should be a good year for now now what what it can be too good because sometimes what'll happen those of us that did do winter lawns. The transition from winter to summer can always be a little bit of a challenge, and my guess is it's going to be a real challenge this year with all the rain and as healthy and thick as winter grass, rye grasses are, um, you know, it, it might be a challenge to get them to die. Because that's what you're trying to do. You want to kill. You want to basically kill them about, I, I would suggest about Easter, about mid-April, um, that you start lowering your mowing heights. Don't increase the water. Try and burn that ryegrass up to give that Bermuda a chance to, to come back before it gets too late into the summer. So we'll talk about that next month.
2: <laughs> That'll be right about that time. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I've got a couple extra interesting stories that I want to talked to you about but arizona nursery association had sent an email just on different things that hey if you're home and you've got the kids you know here's some fun things you can do um and a couple of things that we don't hit on regularly uh was was flower gardens
3: yeah we do spend talk a little more about vegetables than we do flowers and i you know uh, this is the time you you can have a you know there's just kind of unlimited things you can plant as far as flowers and the and I, I think they do very well together. In fact, you by planting certain flowering things, you're going to attract pollinators to your garden, which will help them pollinate those vegetable plants. So, mixing some flowering things in with your vegetables is a great idea.
2: Help bring in the pollinators. Mm, absolutely. You know what always surprises me that brings the bees around is when our ash trees bloom out.
3: Yeah, the, they they do. Like those little tasselly flowers on the ashes, and
2: I mean, the whole there's a row of four of them. and mm-hmm. it's just it's it's a buzz for like two weeks. Mm. Just constantly them all oh, that's good. flying around. It's good. You've got that many bees.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know mixing some flowers and flowers are again, you talk about getting kids accustomed to gardening and growing things. There are certain things, you know, like sunflowers and marigolds that just come up real fast and real easy. And they're fun for kids to plant. So, um, you know, you can get take take your egg cartons and punch holes in the bottom of them and use those for seed starters. Um, I kind of like the the little peat moss, the preformed starter trays that are out of because you don't have to take them out of those. You can just, just cut plant, those right and plant them right into them, so they'll decompose. But. Uh, there's some there's some really fun things to do with kids with plants.
1: Another plant that's going to blow up and cuz mine's about ready to, hedgehog cactus. Oh you, yeah. Oh man. You get a good uh, uh, an average size plant about 30 blooms and the bees are going berserk over it. I just sit there and watch them for 5 minutes. That Fight. And, and the uh
3: the the uh there's a variety of uh prickly pear that has that purple flower on it the basilaris. It's it's uh beaver tail, I think they call it, and they, they're just almost in full bloom right now. They're fabulous, especially with the, it's a, you know, it's a cerise-colored, purpley-colored flower with, because everything else is yellow almost, cassias and acacias and, you know, there's a lot of brittle bush. There's a lot of yellow in the desert, yellow flowers, and you get that purple of hedgehog or that prickly pear. It's really striking.
2: And, that's an edible too. I even saw it in the store the other day on the top shelf in the produce. Prickly, prickly, prickly pear petals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. The
0: hills were alive with wildflowers and I Was as wild, even wilder than they For at least I could run They just died in the sun
2: And I refused to just wither in place
1: just a while, mountain road,
2: There's a neat article that t- Grand Canyon road, Lodge just published about how they are taking vegetable scraps that go bad before they have time to prepare them for guests and feed them to the mules, in uh, you know, that take people mm-hmm. up and down the mule right. rides on the canyon. And then the manure from the mules, a, fl- a company in Flagstaff takes and make it a compost. And since they had started this program in 2013, they estimate they've diverted 30,000 pounds of table scraps out of the landfills and repurposed them.
3: Very cool, and mules will eat about anything, so <laughs> that's good.
2: They'll eat the prickly pear cactus if they're hungry enough. Oh too. yeah, they'll eat that. Uh, yeah. They'll... You know, I've seen cows chew those things with the thorns like oh, yeah. like they can't even feel it.
3: Yep. Yeah, if there if if there's not much green feed out there, they'll they'll eat. They'll eat prickly pears for sure. Well, cow tongue's pretty tough.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really tough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it feels like sandpaper it, if you ever touched on it. I've that. been
3: told in really, really, really bad years that the the ranchers will take the you know the jumping choya, the teddy bear choya, mm-hmm. and they'll burn those to burn the thorn, you know, because it kind of burns the thorns off of them, and then the cattle will eat those.
2: And those those light up like a Christmas tree. That there's been yeah. times where we have found a small one that's dead. And we've made that the base starter for our campfire up that height. There you go. They they go up really quick. Uh, And then (laughs) something that was really kind of kind of humorous is the a retail hardware. Ma- uh, uh-huh. Publication uh-huh. that I, I get regular Like a trade journal thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, a lot of times it's tools and different building materials, and you always cover, you know, here's, here's what's currently moving. That's the hot topic. This one is materials for building backyard chicken coops.
3: Okay. <laughs> there you know, those, Like your dad was saying, $64 tomatoes, those $10 a dozen eggs.
2: <laughs> there are no chickies in the store, just so you know. No stop chickies by, by the huh? ranch store, and they said there's Western ranchmen. So they're, they're, ranchmen? Mm-hmm, so so they're coming in for those, weeks, huh? but they're already all pre-sold.
3: I have seen people post on social media that they're looking to buy goats to milk because they can't get milk in the grocery store, so they're going to get a. <laughs> like, Okay,
2: all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that's probably one thing I miss is when we had when we were milking our own goats and that daily fresh supply of goat milk that 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 was really enjoyable but mm-hmm. you know you've constantly got to be kidding them and breeding them and you know you miss you you go away for 3 days and they dry up and you know, you're almost, Oh yeah. at, at the point you have them milking, you, you've you got to be there or have someone there every single day. Plus the fact
3: day. you talk about something that will eat everything. You will not have much of a
2: landscape <laughs> left either. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's a hard one. I could call my neighbor and say, hey, can you you mind throwing a few flakes for the horses for the next couple of days while we're gone? Say, hey, and would you milk the goat while you're there? Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a hard sell. <laughs> that's
3: a really good neighbor. <laughs>
2: but i that that was really enjoyable and I, I i had just started getting good at making goat cheese
1: too oh bummer Ooh, i could have used some of that on a salad <laughs> there you go i love goat cheese
2: all right let's get to michelle who wants to join the conversation and ask a question about veggies good morning michelle
3: good morning yes i I've, I've never planted a garden and i am hoping that it's not too late because i'm so excited and motivated to get some things planted in a, an above-ground bed in my backyard. Okay. Well, one good thing about living here, Michelle, there is literally every month of the year something you can plant in the garden. So. Oh, great. Well, I'm wanting to plant some cucumbers and peppers and tomatoes and okay. lettuce, and so I just didn't know if you yeah. uh, would be able to tell me what would still be good to plant at this point. Well, you're too late for lettuce. Um, you, know, you might still be able to get a little bit of spinach in and maybe some chard. Um, but lettuce is a, is a winter crop here. We plant it in, in the fall through the winter. So you're, you're pretty late. You might be able to get a little bit of leaf lettuce. Again, it depends on how fast um, it gets, you know, what the temperatures do going forward now. But if you've got limited space, you want to plant what's going to do well. So you mentioned tomatoes, you mentioned peppers, uh, any of your, your your cucumbers and melons, uh, good time to do those. Eggplant, great time to do that. Any of the squashes, you know, pretty much as, uh, you know, your summer type squashes, zucchini, yellow crookneck, uh, any of those. So I would just probably be a little cautious as, as to the uh, leafy green stuff and maybe even the, the root type crops like carrots and beets and turnips. It's, those are more of a winter crop.
2: And on your first one, you had mentioned it earlier, but start small. I mean, you when you start planting, it, it, it is very contagious and, and fun. You want to plant the next one, the next one. All of a sudden, you've planted more than you can manage at a certain time, and then it all just ends up going downhill from there, uh, not being able to keep up, more produce than you can use, the amount of water and that, you, that you're consuming and all this ex- excess, you just w- yeah. w- what am I supposed to do with it? And it's so easy to overwhelm yourself right. at the beginning. And, Start uh, slow, and and and
3: failure. We we don't like failure very well, uh, typically. So all of a sudden, then we think, wow, well, I just won't work here.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
3: not the case. You just bit off more than you could chew pardon the pun Uh, but uh, so just start start small and go from there and keep adding to it and as you have success and there are going to be certain things that for whatever reason you may not be able to grow well in your garden based on the sunshine it gets or the exposure it has so you might you'll find out what you do well with then do that
2: and if i was starting now and i was i would do a raised bed garden And I would do a key lock style. You can look that up. Uh, We need to put an article on our website about that. But it is a very efficient and, and smart use of space. Good job.